Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. I am Jason. And I am John. And we talk hockey. We try to talk hockey for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we spend too much time talking about other things. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, most recent series against Long Island University at Baxter Arena on October 29th and 30th. Our first time playing that new program, sometimes we have to wait a while. You know, for example, Penn State started a program several years ago. We still haven't played them uh, yet. So uh, this was kind of a fun opportunity. I love those new programs, especially when the smaller schools, kind of like UNO, start a hockey program. And it was fun to get to see them in the building. Um, What did you think? Starting off that series, we felt good coming in. We thought UNO was going to sweep this series. Uh, Certainly, the series ended up going very well for UNO, I thought. But early on in that uh, Friday game, we we were just kind of clinging to a one-goal lead. It really wasn't until late in the second that we kind of got started to look like we were going to get things going. Um, Yeah, you know, I think we talked a little bit about it in, you know, during the game and stuff like you always worry when it's it's a close game against teams like that because when you're on the road, you're playing a team that you know should just wallop you, which is is what ends up happening. Um, your goal, I think, as as Long Island was just to be keep it close, right? Like don't let it get out of hand, be in it at the end, and maybe you get a lucky bounce here or there, and and something goes your way, right? Right. Uh, and you know they were they were that team. They 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 played that game and they played it well and uh, they played physical. They kept everything tight. They made sure that in those first couple periods on Friday night, that, that UNO wasn't able to kind of get their legs going. Uh, they weren't able to kind of drive their play. They, they put some, some pressure on Seville and, and kind of got up in, in his grill and, and got up into his face and uh, caused some havoc in front of the net. And, you know, we had the one goal lead, but, Man, there was a lot of times I was feeling like we've got to find a way to get a few more because this isn't going to go well for us if it's, you know, late in the third and we're clinging to that one goal league because I think we'll be clinging pretty hard to it. Yeah, that always that always makes you nervous because you don't want to you don't want to give them an opportunity to get, uh, you know, a goal on some sort of fluky type of jungle down uh, close to the crease, which can happen in games like this against a team like that. So I, I was a little bit nervous after two, but really at the end of the second, when uh, Long Island got a five minute major, I was starting to feel pretty good because I'm like, that's a, an all you can eat opportunity for UNO. They can score at will and score as many as they can without uh, losing the man advantage. So I was feeling good going into the third and certainly uh, that five minute major against Long Island University really helped spur the guys uh, at the beginning of the third period. Yeah, it was one of those things that you knew if you didn't score on that, (laughs) you didn't deserve to win. So uh, I felt they had a little bit more urgency at that point, you know, with their power play, because some of the power plays we had leading into that just they had chances. They they were finally kind of putting it together, but it, it just seemed like they almost thought it was it was going to happen and that they didn't really need to kind of put in the effort. I just felt like they were they were a little slow. And, you know, I think that 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 goes back to having that week off. Right. Like it's, yep. it's always difficult you know, when you just practice and you haven't been in game shape. You haven't been playing at game speed, things like that. Um, you know, I expected a period of kind of, you know, off passing, you know, being out of place a little bit and stuff and. Um, you know, it really wasn't until the third that I really felt like we started playing like the UNO that we're used to seeing. 
uh, so far this season, right? Like those first two periods, it was just like, it was like a different team. It's hard to get up for these types of opponents when you play in what is arguably the best conference in college hockey. And the first, you know, few series this year are against teams that are not, you know, the grind of the NCHC. And it's hard for the guys to get up. Ultimately, uh, they started firing all cylinders, like you mentioned, during the third period, and they got things going in a big way. And we got to, to see a lot of uh, fun goals and uh, Bridget got through a lot of streamers after each goal. So that's always a, a good time wondering if we're going to run out uh, before the game is over. I uh, I remember walking by her when we got there on Friday night and she, I don't remember if she said she had, she had six or nine or something. I don't remember. You have to ask her how many she had. Um, and I just jokingly looked at her and said, well, aren't you the pessimist? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all you think we're going to score. And of course, then, you know, we're, we're at the end of the second and it's still one, nothing. And I'm like, Hmm, I might learn. I might be eating those words by the end of the night. <laughs> exactly right yep but then just the flurry in the third I mean five goals three in the power play in the third you know it, it, the game ends up looking way out of hand compared to you know if you, if you watch the game you know, there's two periods where you're down by a goal so I, I give yeah. credit to to Long Island you know hanging in there and and, and fighting through that and they came in and played tough, and uh, certainly, like you said, the score wasn't really indicative of how competitive that game was. So going into Saturday night, we, I wasn't sure what was going to happen after that flurry of goals. I thought maybe uh, UNO would uh, put on the accelerator early and uh, take it to him for three periods, but uh, first shot of the game. <laughs> by Long In the Island. back of the net, <laughs> and that was Roden in net, I think. Right. Yep. We were, uh, you and I had talked on the last podcast that we thought maybe he would get a look uh, during this game. Uh, he doesn't often get uh, a lot of opportunity to play during games. Uh, obviously, when you have a very talented goaltender like Isaiah Seville, who's had two shutouts this season, um, you know, it's hard for the guys uh, down down on the depth chart. I think it'd be really hard to be a goaltender. You know, if you're a forward or a defenseman, you may not play every game, but you do feel like you're going to get in there and get playing time. So the goaltenders don't. So we were excited to see Roden and Nett to get an opportunity. And yeah, one shot, uh, one goal for uh, Long Island University. Uh, that, you know, sometimes happens in these games where they score really, really quick out of the gate. And I wasn't sure what to expect. I thought maybe is this going to be like... Uh, like the previous night, but certainly it wasn't. And uh, UNO definitely set the tone the rest of the way. Yeah, I think it helps that we, within a few minutes, we were able to get that goal back, right? Yep. I think that if, if that, if that lower team, that, that new team, you know, especially a team that's not in your conference that you don't really know very well like that, like if they're able to hang on to that, that one goal lead for a long period of time, that that's where you start to get really dangerous. So, the fact yeah. that within a, you know, within a couple of minutes or a few minutes or so, we were able to kind of even it up at one, um, you know, UNO was it kind of able to get their legs under them, get back to playing the hockey that we saw them play in the third period of Friday night. And um, it was kind of, it was just all, it was all UNO from there on. Like the uh, long end had chances, but in the second period, particularly they play, they probably played, I think their best hockey of, of the weekend second period of Saturday night. Um, but it was just, they just don't have the talent, right? Like UNO right. said, we're going to, one of the things we've complained about in the past, right? Like is, is that they're a top 10 team that plays, 
you know, a bottom 10 team and they play like a bottom 10 team, you know, and I think this was kind of a weekend where I've seen them say, you know, we're going to, if we want to be a top 10 team, we always have to play like a top 10 team. Um, and that's, that's what we saw this weekend. And that's, what we need to continue to see next weekend too. If they need to go in there and say, we're a top 10 team and we're going to play like a top 10 team. That way we stay a top 10 team. Yeah, they need to progress and they need to continue to do the little things right. When you look at the schedule, you know, before the first of the year, obviously we've got um, some big series coming up against teams like St. Cloud and Western Michigan, which are going to be really good sort of kind of benchmark series to see where we're at. But it really isn't until January 1st when we're going to start to see them get into the grind and, and, and playing the the best teams really in the country week in week out so it's going to be interesting and they're going to have to keep themselves motivated but the guys seem to be putting it together we're getting a lot of good contributions from some of the younger players like your uh, Davis Pennington's for example is a player that Bridget's really been impressed with early on this season uh, and so yeah it was a great performance a seven to one win uh Roden didn't get a shutout but man if it hadn't been for that first shot of the game he might have gotten a shutout <laughs> too and that would have been great to get to uh Two shutouts on the weekend, but uh, we got to talk our player of the series, our player of the week. I told you uh, as we were headed out to the parking lot after uh, Saturday's game that uh, I was going to take the easy one this week. Yeah, you got the easy one. So so I hope that Jason has come up with something interesting because he usually likes to do that. But I'm going to take the obvious pick again, uh, the player that I picked last week, which is Taylor Ward, who uh, we just found out right before this podcast is the NCHC player of the month. Uh, He was a player of the week as well for his uh, performance this last weekend. Uh, Great performance, had a hat trick on Saturday night. Um, But honestly, one of the most impressive plays was uh, the first goal on Friday night that UNO scored, uh, the, the, it was an assist that he dished to Brandon McManus. Um, and it was a circle to circle across the slot. It was just this laser of a pass. And it's that kind of awareness and that kind of quick reaction is what makes him such a great player. And it's what's made him a great player um, since the time he started playing at UNO. During his first couple of seasons, UNO was not that solid of a team, but he's always but he's always been good. And that's what's so impressive about him. Five goals, three assists on the weekend. He has 10 goals, six assists overall this season. Uh, Just a really impressive player. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy to pick him every week, the rest of the season uh, (laughs) because he's just, what impresses me is like, we've we've talked about it last couple of years, you know, when Pope left UNO, right? Like, Pope was that guy that was that yep. reliable power play scorer. Like it seemed like if we got a power play goal, it was David Pope. Right. Yep. And since he's left, I've never really felt like we had, you know, a consistent guy that could find open space and finish on the power play. You know, one week it was this guy, another week it might be that guy. And, and then that guy turtles and goes nowhere. And so it's really nice to see him kind of come out and, and, I don't want to say specialized because he's so much more than just a power play threat, but, you know, be that guy that we can kind of rely to and go to. And, you know, teams are going to have to key in and focus on him. And that's going to, even when he doesn't show up on the score sheet, that's going to present opportunities for other players to find uh, open space. And so that's a breath of fresh air, I think, for this team. And, and it really helps you, you know, 
Um, and he right now, as far as I know, he still leads. He was leading going into the weekend. I can't believe that he does. He gets four on the power play and he doesn't uh, keep his lead for uh, power play goals and power play points. So um, hopefully it's a sign of, of more to come this year, right? I hope so. So, uh, so I have the actual work to do on this podcast because I right. actually have to come up with someone else. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of like, there's actually a lot of players to kind of look at because a lot of guys had had a good weekend. I I actually kind of flip flopped between two guys named Brandon. You know, McManus I think had a really reliable game. Um, he was good on a power play, which you know he led to a couple uh, and assists on a couple of Taylor Ward's goals. Um, and you mentioned the goal of his own and stuff. So like really solid effort from him. But I think the guy that stood out to me more than him was um, Scanlon, Brandon Scanlon. Uh, you know, we've, we've needed defense in the past and, and, and haven't been able to get it. And he's kind of our go-to, you know, defenseman. And to see him come up with, I think he had four assists and a goal on the weekend. So, you know, just be able to, produce on offense but also be the the solid force on defense uh makes a huge difference for this team yeah he's fantastic he's one of my favorite players one of the best defensemen we have and and certainly with guys like johnny tyconic out who we learned uh this last week uh since our last podcast was injured uh it's great to see him stepping up and uh he's the type of guy who can contribute defensively but he's also the type of guy who can be a real force uh, offensively and on the power play. And so it's great to see Brandon Scanlon uh, playing so well this season, uh, yeah. just again, progressing from where he was before. And, and I think that that's a great pick, Jason. So I probably would have picked him if I hadn't picked Taylor Ward. So, so there we were. We were I figured because you do usually pick him. So I, I pick him. Yes. It's like that one season where I picked Joey Abate like every other series. So yeah, I do pick Brandon Scanlon a lot. So those are a couple great picks. So, uh, so it was a great series. Uh, good to get, uh, good to get that under the belt for UNO. They're, uh, they're off to a great start seven and one this season so far. So we'll uh, see where things progress from here. And we'll talk a little bit, a little bit later about their next series, but we've got some of our shootout segments, which are quick topic segments. Jason and I aren't exactly quick, but we're going to try. We're getting better at that. We're not as we're good trying. as we got a couple of topics to discuss and these, these should be pretty short. First one is your wife noticed at the <laughs> game Baxter arena this weekend that Chick-fil-A uh, is selling their wares. I'm assuming chicken sandwiches. I don't think I've gotten chicken Chick-fil-A at Baxter Arena yet. I'll have to remedy that, but they're selling it at the main concession stands now. The regular Chick-fil-A sandwich and the spicy Chick-fil-A sandwich. Okay, so do they just sell the sandwiches there or are there nuggets sold? All I saw was sandwiches. I didn't see chicken nuggets okay. anywhere. Okay, so I, I may have to sample that to see uh, what all they have. The sandwiches are great. That's usually what I get when I go to a Chick-fil-A restaurant. So if you're interested, fans, you can get them at the main concession stand. Certainly the main But no waffle fries, so, you know. No waffle fries? That's no waffle fries, man. Like, it's not Chick-fil-A. Waffle fries, come on. Okay, okay. All right, so that, that note, so you can get your Chick-fil-A fix at the main concession stand. Our second little tidbit that we have here, Jason, is that the 25th anniversary videos that they've been showing during the games, uh, 
this season at Baxter Arena to celebrate the 23rd season of UNL hockey are available on the Omaha Mavericks YouTube channel, as well as the official Omaha Hockey Twitter account, which is at Omaha HKY. And the videos focus on different aspects of the team. Coach Kemp talked about the formation of the program in one of them. Uh, the one this last weekend that we got to see focused on some of the Mavericks that are in the Omaha Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, Scott Parse, Brian Marshall, and David Brisson, all three were on hand and they appeared uh, at center ice during, uh, I believe, the Saturday game. Maybe it was the Friday game. It's been a few days now, but they appeared during the game. They were in the building, which was pretty cool to have them there and honored. And fun fact, I did design way back when for Gary Anderson, who used to be the sports information director at UNO. Uh, Bridget and I got to know him when we were on the Blue Line Club board of directors back in the late 90s and early 2000s. I designed the Omaha Hockey Hall of Fame logo for him. He had a sketch of what he wanted uh, the O was based on an O that appeared on the old uh, Exarban Knights jerseys from back in the 1960s. And so I made that logo and I think they're still using the logo. I found online that they were still using it in 2016. So I thought I'd throw that bit of trivia there, uh, but it was great to have those guys back in the building. So you can view all those videos. Uh, UNO slowly shares them on their Twitter account. So it's definitely worth a follow if you're not following them already. And you can also check those yeah. out on YouTube account. So you might want to check those out, Jason. Um, so yeah, I won't be as nostalgic as you were about it, but I'm, I will definitely check them out. We've, 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 yeah, Jason wasn't around during those early years. So that, and that's okay. We're not, we're not focusing on any former Denver university hockey players, Jason. So, uh, so you I'd, might I'd probably be better yeah. there. <laughs> so Enemy we'll territory during those years. That's right. So we're rolling dirt through these topics. We have one more topic and we're going to try this month on the podcast to uh, to each of us present one idea that we have to fill Baxter Arena because the crowds have been, they've been okay for October, but this team is a top 10 team. They're currently ranked number nine. We'd like to see more fans come out and support them. So I thought we could each present one idea. Otherwise, if we didn't limit ourselves to one idea, Jason and I could talk about this for the next 45 minutes and we'd probably... We know you don't want to do that. So, Jason, why don't you start with your idea, this week's idea anyway, for what they might be able to do to help get more people out to the games and support this terrific team? I'm going to steal my idea from pretty much every NHL team. Four drinks, four hot dogs, you know, four French fries and, you know, bring the whole family. Come on down. Check it out. You know, hopefully uh, you get them involved, especially those younger kids like they have fun and stuff. They want to bring the parents the next year. You know, they get to the point where they're in college, they're earning their own money. You know, they're trying to decide what they're going to do. You know, maybe they're the future season ticket holders, right? Uh, so I would like to see them do, you know, regularly something like that, not just a single, you know, one-off, we'll do it this week and never do it again type of thing. Right. So do it on a week-by-week -week basis. I think that sounds yeah. great. And that kind of supports my idea, which is that I think UNO, I'm a, Bridget and I are big database people. We spend a lot of time building lists in our business. One of the things that I would like to see UNO work on, on really on the athletic department side, is to reach out more to UNO alumni. Uh, there are so many of them in our community. And the Alumni Association themselves have done a wonderful job of doing some pre-game events over the years. For example, Bridget and I went to one uh, a couple of weeks ago before the homecoming game uh, that was uh, a 
across the street from Baxter Arena at uh, the baseball complex. Uh, and it was a wonderful pregame event, and it was great to see people uh, get out. And they were offered ticket deals for the hockey game that night. But I would love to see the athletic department themselves do more and help fund some more of these activities, because I think that that's the thing. When I go around and watch other college hockey programs around the country, so many of those fans and so many of the fans that we interact with on social media are alumni of those institutions. And I think that UNO has not done a lot uh, as an, from the athletic department side to really target those people. I know that there are some discounts for tickets that you can get. You can get some money off season tickets and whatnot. But I think that marketing to that audience is something that they should spend a little bit more time on because that audience really has a vested interest. You know, so many people in this city, uh, you know, whether they got a degree or not, they've taken classes at UNO, done continuing education. It's just affected so many people and, and it's, it's definitely the accessible uh, four-year university option for, for so many people in this community. And I, I would love to see them spend more time marketing to, to uh, the alums. I'm a little surprised that they don't do more of that too. I know. So your your ticket pack would be a great thing to market to those people, Jason. Because <laughs> a lot of them probably have families right now, right? Yeah. I would imagine there's a they they definitely make up the uh, the middle class of Omaha, and uh, Omaha is definitely a family town. So so yeah, I wish they did a little bit more of that. But uh, but in the meantime, those were a couple of great ideas. Thank you for your contribution, Jason. We'll have more coming up. I'm sure Jason and I will think of other interesting things. But that was our uh, those were our first uh, first suggestions for helping to fill Baxter Arena. And speaking of filling Baxter Arena, we've got a series coming up this weekend against the Miami Red Hawks, our first conference series of the season. It's kind of funny in the in the teaser. I was just watching the WOWT Channel Six newscast, and before commercial break, they referred they referred to this series as a top ten matchup. And I'm thinking, yeah, Miami is definitely not a top ten no, team. Not a top 10 team. We're we're ranked in the top ten, and unless we're scrimmaging ourselves, I don't think that that qualifies as a top ten matchup. <laughs> The other interesting thing from the segment was they, it was a, uh, it's Tuesday is normally when they hold their, uh, their team news conferences. And they had Mike, Mike Gabinet on camera saying, well, we weren't able to practice today because it's an election day or whatever. And I'm thinking, well, I know some parts of the country are having elections, but here in Nebraska, we definitely aren't. So I don't know if that was a, a league wide thing that they didn't allow that because today was a voting day. So it was just a weird segment all around. So for those of you, hmm who think that Jason and I, you know, not being, you know, official media people are unpolished. I got to tell you, I think we do a pretty good job. <laughs> so we didn't have any, like, that was a really just an odd, an odd thing entirely. So, but Jason and I will talk about this uh, series, top 10 matchup or not. Uh, the number nine Mavericks are going to be heading into the series. Our first one, uh, our first conference uh, series of the season against Miami. What do you think? I think Miami's a, uh... A hard team to kind of predict you know in the past we just talked about this in the beginning segment right like in the past you know it's been the kind of team that almost plays down to teams right so they need to go into it knowing that they can't do that that they have to still play if they want to stay a top 10 team they have to play like a top 10 team but the fact is is that the worst team in the nchc is better than half the league every year it seems like so 
this is not, even though this is a team that, that we predicted and a lot of people predicted to be, you know, competing for the bottom two slots in the conference, this is not a rollover game in any way. Um, I like that it's at home. I think that helps us. It certainly would help us if people came out to the game and, you know, filled Baxter Arena and cheered loud for him. But regardless, I think that, that playing at home, being in your own bed, you know, familiar with the rink, familiar with where everything is, that energy, um, I think really helps UNO. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing, and like you said, Miami is a hard team to read. I mean, there are just certain teams that, you know, sometimes for it's it's always hard to say why but sometimes you just kind of you kind of have your struggles against them last season UNO was an NCAA tournament team Miami had its struggles last season but you look at how they played UNO in those uh, pod games to start the season during the uh, entire uh, kind of COVID reoriented season and and you know we beat them uh, in one of the two games we played but it was a, a two to one win in overtime and then we lost the next game one to nothing so Miami always plays us tough I know over the past few years uh, we've had games where it looked like we should sweep a series against them and and they came out and beat us so so they are a tough team to read they're trying to get back on track under Chris Bergeron they just they they haven't been the same as they were about a decade ago um, and you know just for the sake of college hockey and the sake of the conference being competitive I hope they get back uh, back to that point uh, like you said I think playing at home will do well I think having some confidence uh, uh, going into this series, having uh, having had some success against uh, these uh, these teams that we played here at Baxter Arena, the first eight games, I think we're going to do well. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm torn as to whether to pick a sweep or not. I want to be optimistic and pick pick a sweep. And you know what? I am going to pick a sweep. I think I am going to pick a sweep, Jason. And I will tell you, there are a couple of players that I that I hope people will watch um, that are on Miami who were originally UNO recruits. Uh, Jack Clement and Derek Dashke are both defensemen and both two of their best players. They, they don't, they don't have a lot of superstars on that team for sure, but those are two guys to watch uh, just because of their kind of sort of, kind of previous connection with UNO. I think for me, the, the key to UNO's victory is going to be special teams. Um, Miami's had some success on the power play, but they've played teams that, in the last few years haven't had the best penalty kills. So on paper, the question is, is, is Miami, you know, good on the power play or not. Right. Right. And so we need to make sure that, that, you know, they go over, right. Like we want them to, to show up and, and for people to go, yeah, they were overrated coming in. So the penalty kills got to be beyond point. Um, cause you know, we're going to have to kill some off. Hopefully not too many. If we can stay out of the box and not give them a whole lot of opportunities, that's always going to help us no matter what team we're playing. And especially with Miami, you know, a lot like long Island, they're going to come in try to keep the game close, you know, maybe capitalize on a couple of UNO mistakes with, with, you know, undisciplined penalties or, or errors in judgment on defense or something like that. So we need to try to limit those things. Um, and then I think for us, you know, offensively, the key is the power play. Um, you know, they don't have a good penalty kill. And so for us, the key is 
when we get a chance on the power play, when we get to go a man up to make sure that we, you know, knock that out. Um, I think if we can click, you know, anywhere around a 20 to 25%, uh, it's a good sign for us for a sweep. And with Taylor Ward being hot and Weiss moving the puck the way he's been moving it the last couple of games, uh, Scanlon on the point, you know, driving everything and dictating everything. Um, I think, I think that right there can get us over the hump for a sweep. Um, we get some guys back that'll make a, a big difference as well. So um, I'm with you. I'm going to say a sweep as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't, you know, we can't take Miami lightly. I mean, they've only won no. one game this season, but they played everyone tough. They lost two games in overtime and you, you just don't know. I mean, when you're playing games at Ferris State, at Michigan State, and uh, and uh, a home and home against Bowling Green, that's really good competition coming in, and they're going to be uh, they're going to be chomping at the bit to try to get some conference points here and get off to a good start this season. So, like you said, uh, the guys you mentioned, I completely agree with. Uh, a big weekend in net from Isaiah Seville would be uh, would be welcome, and uh, I'm sure he'll be up to the challenge. So. Uh, it should be an exciting series. So, uh, so, and I know you guys are off to a, a youth hockey tournament this weekend, uh, Jason. So you guys won't be there. Bridget and I will be there. I know your, uh, your, uh, youngest daughter will be there with, uh, with her in-laws so she can prepare to do the podcast with Bridget next week. It'll be, uh, it should yep, be a- we will be, <laughs> we'll be traveling to South Dakota doing the whole kids hockey thing so how, we'll how be many, watching though for sure how, yeah absolutely you guys will be watching and, and how many games do they play uh, during that uh that's a weekend tournament that you're going up oh uh, i think we get four games this weekend so okay so that'll be an exciting time i uh, i wish yep. i wish lexi's team well i hope they do well this weekend and uh you know be sure to follow map puck on facebook and twitter we've got a lot of great updates on there uh you can find links to those social media channels at mavpuck.com as well as back episodes of this podcast both the audio podcast and the video podcast jason and i are having to fix ourselves up and do our hair and make sure that we look good for all of you we're lit well exactly (laughs) so until next time guys go maps go maps